the object of Taxi Chronicles to sell our real riders with real stories, share their experience and enhance your life. So sit back and enjoy the journey. Morning, morning, morning. Yes, we're back with another episode, another rider. Today we have a nice guy all the way from Dutch and he went to live in the Caribbean and uh, he was just telling me about his experience and I just thought he could share that with us. So nice to have you here today, Bob. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So tell us, wh why did you end up living in the Caribbean? Where did you end up living and what was your experience like? Yeah, so uh, I... Uh years back my mother passed away and uh, yeah just when something like that happens life around you the life for yourself sort of stops moving uh, because you have to process what's going on it's such a major event in your life um, but everything around you keeps going on and so in the Netherlands uh, I just I don't know uh, couldn't really handle everything that was going on around me and what was happening to myself so my father and I moved to the Caribbean because he had a friend living there. He went there to, to have a look and he really liked it because it was really peaceful and quiet. Uh, and we took that opportunity to live, we took the opportunity to live there for a couple of years to sort of clear our minds, get our minds straight and uh, just basically relax after everything that had happened. Um, Were you there for a long time? I was there for about two and a half years. Okay, so sometime, and so you as a teenager, mid-teens? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I was uh, just turned 16 when I moved there. Okay. Um, so I still had, I had to finish uh, high school for the last two years, mm -hmm. um, which was an interesting experience when you're from a majorly <laughs> white country <laughs> and then with mm. lots of people of color, but it was actually a really great experience and it taught me a lot. Mm. Um, what was it like when you're settling in straight away? So, when when we moved there, the first three weeks felt like um, vacation, like a holiday, because mm -hmm. it's basically Holiday Island. <laughs> but once you start actually living there, it you know you start experiencing what experiencing what everyday people are experiencing, and well, the first one of the major things I noticed was just very large sort of feeling of hatred towards white people the, ma the major feeling in my classroom to me was oh here we have another white guy a dutch white guy was it more about being dutch than white or uh, a combination a of the both i think i think major largely dutch people are mostly white and even even if they have a little bit of color they're mo you could still consider them mostly white mm -hmm. uh, but uh, yeah you're right it's probably mostly dutch but yeah, the, the, the first round of exams came around, I got good grades, the rest of the class didn't, and they looked at me as the one that was responsible for their bad grades, because, <laughs> because no, no, seriously, they could previously couldn't put the, the, the cause of bad grades on the teachers, because everyone was, everyone was getting bad grades, so they would just say like, uh, teachers are, are not giving us proper lessons. We, we can't do much about it. And, then, and now you came along. And, and now I came along and <laughs> I screwed them over. Uh, and you, yeah, you pulled it into light. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And it took about a year to sort of gain their trust, so to speak. How did you gain their trust? I honestly don't really know. <laughs> the thing I so the thing that happened was that I just 
I didn't have any friends because I, w I was left out. Um, and so I started looking for friends outside of high school, which was a great experience for me. Like I was quite introvert back then, so it was a great experience to start. It was great for me to get... So nobody wouldn't talk to you? Uh, they would sort of talk to me, but they wouldn't invite me to any events or any fun activities. They would just sort of let me be. If I'd ask them something, they'd answer, but they wouldn't go out of their way to include me in everything, even if I did try to uh, socialize with them. But after a year, at some point, I had exposed some things that certain teachers did that weren't very great. So what, what, what was that? Well, so there was this exam that where everyone got bad grades, even for my, for me, with my considering what I was averaging in terms of grades, it was bad for me as well. And then after the exam, the teacher would just hand it out everyone's exam back in the next class. I was like, you can take, you can use the book, you can do whatever you want, you can change your answers, and I'll grade you up to a six out of uh -huh. ten. No problem. That doesn't make any sense. No, and it was it was actually illegal in the Dutch school system. And so when I told my dad, <laughs> he got really angry. So were they? So, for I didn't even ask. Were the locals speaking Dutch, or uh, were they speaking Creole? No, the locals speak uh, Papiamentu and a bit of Dutch because you. So Papiamentu is that the native language? Yeah. Okay. When you say Papiamentu, what what is that? Is that when we say Creole? So, in English yeah. terms, it's like a broken English. So uh, it's like... Um, yeah, is sort of like a broken Spanish. Oh, okay, so it's broken Spanish? Yeah. Wait, did the Spanish own the island before the Dutch? I don't think so, but... How come they be speaking a broken Spanish? I don't actually know, that's a good question. I don't because know. I know like Jamaica, where my, my ancestors from, or my grandparents are from, and my father and mother, mm -hmm. they speak Patois, which is a broken English yeah mm -hmm. and um, <clears throat> what they're doing and basically it's derived to like that because the way let's say slave masters would talk to you so they right. wouldn't tell you like can you go and get that please they say kind of get you know like barking orders and things like that so you yeah. so you obviously with your own African dialect or your accent you formulate certain right. pidgin forms of English yeah. That just gets you by, but I know most of the Caribbean islands all have that. Right. Yeah. So I was trying to see. But yeah, I can but look it up. Yeah, but is, uh, is, is it's it's a recognised language, but it's it's not really like a full fully formed language or something like Spanish. So the grammar it's, is very very simple. It's not written. Is it uh, written? Yeah, you can write it. Like it's it's taught at schools there, but uh -huh. it's. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's a very simple language compared to Spanish and English and mm. Dutch. Okay, so go on. You were saying about um, what the teacher did wrong. Yeah, so my dad got really really angry when I told him that my, my teacher was handing out the exams and grading up everyone's grades except for mine because I already had a had a, a six point three or something. And so my dad went to the to the school, talked about it. They referred everything that happened what was happening, and we had to redo the exam. And at first, these kids in my class were very angry at me because I just, well, ruined their chance for a good grade or a decent grade. And But what ended up happening was actually that the teacher was, how do you say that? Um, they had a good talk with him and he actually started spending more time actually teaching us instead of leaving the classroom for no reason and doing other stuff. 
And so the kids actually ended up learning what we had to learn and ended up getting a good grade for the exam. And that was sort of the realization moment that I wasn't actually doing a bad thing. I was exposing and trying to, mm. you know, set things right that, that were going wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, but it took about a, more, a little, more of, little more than a year to uh, sort of gain their trust and show that, yeah, okay, I understand that I'm ruining your, you know, what you've been doing and what has been working for you, mm -hmm. but it's not the right thing. And then when eventually things went better for them, and then I started, you know, actually having teachers in certain classes that did try to actually learn them stuff, and they started paying attention. It all ended up working out. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's good. So you spoke about for that year that you were trying to earn their trust. What were you, what were you doing socially? Were you going to the beach, snorkeling, diving? I was mostly just hanging out with friends, but friends outside of mm. school. But the thing was that... Were they all Dutch as well? Mostly, yeah. Okay, so there's a, quite a bit of a divide. Yeah. Okay, but you broke that down eventually. Yeah, it was, a, it was actually quite interesting because... I started, so after that year, I started getting inv invited to birthday parties and stuff and actually started getting invited into people's homes. But then you start getting invited into people's homes where people don't speak Dutch, even though it's sort of expected on the island to speak Dutch, and that was kind of kind of interesting. And I just started seeing these completely different cultures from sort of like a point of view that a regular Dutch person mostly doesn't really get to see unless they really put an effort to get to know these people. And so that did make it quite interesting and gave me sort of... I started to learn respect for why these people mostly hated most Dutch people because mm. it's just it's just a, it feels like a misunderstanding between both groups of people but then if the, the misunderstanding is sort of becomes sort of hatred because there's both groups or one side of the groups majorly because of the slave history, slave history and stuff. But would you say that's a misunderstanding or would you say that you had like three, four hundred years to, not you personally, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but they've had three hundred, four hundred years and now they've said, all right, we've had enough. We just let them stay over there, we'll stay over here. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, I, I, think, I think you're right. But what I, I think what I mean with the misunderstanding is that I guess you wouldn't really call it a misunderstanding. It's just there's a justified feeling of hatred towards Dutch people. And Dutch people don't really want to put in the effort because the only thing they see is hatred. And sort of like a chicken and egg problem. One of either sides, I'm not saying which side, needs to put in effort to actually start. What's infrastructure like on that island? Is it the same standard as Holland? Not really. It's lower. So it's not the same standard as England? A lot of the yeah. companies, who are they owned by? Are they owned? people. <laughs> okay, so there's no infrastructure, proper infrastructure, and com the companies who are making money are taking the money wealth out of the country. Uh, it's, not really, it's not really the people, the people that are making money, I think, but there is, there is a justified... Did you see where I'm going with Yeah, that? I totally see where you're going. At. And, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. then you throw in a slavery mix on top, it's yeah. like, okay, let's just shun these people. Not, yeah. not you personally, no, 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 I totally get what you and mean. And that's probably where they like, listen, they can't be trusted. There's 20 years. Yep. 20 years is a generation. So if you said 300 years even of, of slave trade and 200 <laughs> years of this, of what we have today, and they're still not really investing in us, yeah, then we've got to keep them at bay. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like that. But And the person who can do about it, argumentatively, is, uh, is uh, 
the, the investors, the Dutch investors, or yeah. you know, start building up the country, make sure the school educations are what they should be, and all of that, and then thing. But you did a good, good. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing I saw over there, you, you're completely right. You're, you're dependent on the people that sort of have the power and the privilege that come from how history mm -hmm. sort of shaped it. Mm. In, of course, unfortunate ways. So moving on, how, <laughs> how, what would be your advice to somebody who's going to live in in the island? What's the name of the island again? Bonaire. Bonaire. What would be your advice to somebody who's going to live in Bonaire? <laughs> I'd say it's an absolutely amazing island, amazing people, whatever background they have. It's just you sort of have to leave all your expectations or all your the things you know and expectations you have of people sort of behind from wherever you came from and have an open mindset mm. and just listen to whatever people have to say. Mm. Um, the main thing that I saw over there was just that you know you see completely different cultures and I was never. My parents had always taught me to have an open mind, to be respectful, to be loving and friendly. Um, and so I think I sort of naturally got that, but it, the, the island showed me that no matter where you come from, no matter what background you have, everyone has some interesting story to tell. But if you don't give them a chance, then it all goes to waste. And so a lot of people that come over there, a lot of tourists, Dutch tourists, they just don't want to sort of see the kind of thing they look at like people of color with like okay oh they're poor whatever i don't want to pay attention to them mm. even though that's not necessarily their fault but if you have to get if actually give them a chance a lot of these people are actually very welcoming and invite you to the house they have there's the best people on the island would you say being a bit of devil's advocate that's the same in any culture if i go to france or spain for the weekend I'm not really concerned about the French people or Spanish. I just want to see the tights, enjoy the weather, yeah. eat the food and go. That's a good point. Do yeah. you see what I mean? Yeah. Unless I'm going there as a um, like a charity worker and I say I'm <laughs> going to help. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. yeah so I'm going to do all that. That's different. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. But it's just uh, food for thought on that basis. So, what do you think of England? I think it's a great country. I have mixed feelings about Brexit. <laughs> Go on. Uh, but the, but the main thing I've noticed here that really stood out to me living in London was uh, that, you know, I, I feel that just looking around me, experiencing what life's like here, I feel like just being a regular in this city, people of color are, seem to be way more accepted and way more part of the general life than what I was used to in the Netherlands. Okay. Um, what was it like in the Netherlands? I don't think necessarily anyone has a particularly bad life in the Netherlands, but I just don't see the same level of just people mixing up and having fun together, just being accepted. Of course, there's also recently been major scandals that have been revealed, and it's basically a big shit show. But I guess the same could be said over here with the English government in certain ways. Mm. But it's just, I do, do feel like in the, the, just my day-to-day, -day, um, I see way more mix, mixing of people going on. And I've, I've really enjoyed it because you get to meet more interesting people. You get to meet, uh, hear more interesting stories. Um, 
I think it's a great part of the city that I wasn't really aware of before I started living here. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good. That's good. Well, thanks a lot for that. <laughs> You're welcome. And we thanks wish you me. and we wish you well. Thank you. We hope that episode enhanced your life. We post an interview every day as well as vlogging on our social media channels. Don't forget to subscribe to get our latest episode.